Well, the next three Sundays are going to be just a, a little bit different. We're going to have some standalone messages for the next three weeks. And then on September 13th, we'll start our new sermon series. Uh, but today, I want to share with you the title of today's message. And then we're going to get into the reading for this morning. The title is Finding Focus in a Confused World. Finding focus in a confused world. Now, I know it's going to be a stretch to try to apply that to our lives today, but bear with me, we'll have to do our best. But right now, if you have a Bible, open it up. Join me in the Gospel of Matthew. Our reading is in chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. I think it's safe to say that the world is confused right now. I think that's a pretty good word, actually, confused. And I would add it to the many adjectives we've used over the last five or so months to describe the world around us, unprecedented, strange, history-making, scary. But today, I think the word that comes to my mind more often than not is confused. We're confused about what to do with our schools. We're confused about the virus. We're confused about how close we can get to our loved ones. We're confused about the economy. We're confused about whether or not we should wear a mask. We're confused about the election in November. We're confused about our future. Perplexed, mystified, baffled, puzzled. We're confused. And I know for me, I don't like confused. What I do like is confidence. I like to be convinced. I like to be assured. Those are words I like. I don't like confused. And yet at the same time, it seems like our world is not lacking people who aren't confused. There's lots of voices that are totally confident in what they believe. The problem is there's then another voice that's just as confident in believing the opposite thing as the first voice, which leaves the majority of us in the middle confused. Well, as we get into Jesus' story here in the Gospel of Matthew, it brings up a question that I think a lot of us ask often, and that's that if Jesus was just standing with me in the flesh, wouldn't everything make sense? Wouldn't everything be great? And what we're about to learn is that even when he was, people were still confused. Now, the setting of the story is quite simple. Jesus is sitting with his closest disciples, and they're having an intimate conversation about the current events 
of the world. Just before this, Jesus had warned them not to allow the the religious leaders who had become corrupt to infect their way of thinking. And now they're sitting and talking about what the world is saying about Jesus and what they think about him and the teachings and the miracles and those who are following him. And so he asks them a very simple question in Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Verse 14, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. See, when Jesus was walking the earth, people were confused about exactly who he was. They, they all had different answers. And then to make things even more confusing, there was an echo of truth in the different answers, at least in the list that we're reading in our reading today. I mean, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, right? So you're kind of close. He was sent to prepare the world for Jesus. And then you've got all of these prophets of old, Elijah, uh, Jeremiah, any true prophet's purpose on earth was to, to call out the word of the Lord and to speak for God, his word. Even in our world today, when I think about the different definitions of Jesus, I think that usually it comes from some semblance of truth. Even different religions that that aren't even Christianity often have a place for Jesus as a good teacher or as a prophet. But I want you to notice something as we look at these particular passages. This question wasn't really helpful in discerning the confusion, was it? It wasn't really helpful to to solve the confusion because what Jesus asked the disciples was what do other people think? And it's easy to talk about what other people think and sometimes too much focus on what other people think can actually get in the way of finding some kind of focus in the midst of the confusion. I mean, I mean, just just, just think about it. Like in, in the state of the world that we're living in right now, I could say... In November, there's going to be people who are going to vote for this candidate, and there's going to be people who are going to vote for that candidate, and there's going to be people who are going to not vote at all. And, and I could say that, that in, in September, there's going to be families that are going to send their children to school in person, and then there's going to be other families who are going to keep their children at home. See, everything I'm saying is true, right? But it doesn't actually help if you want to know what the truth is is. That's why when we scroll Facebook or Twitter and we read the news and and we find all sorts of different opinions from different people, sometimes it actually leads us to becoming more confused than we were before. And so when the question comes, who is Jesus, I think we need to get past the confusion. We need to get past what other people think. And that's why Jesus continues by asking another question. Verse 15, he says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And you can almost hear the tone of the conversation change. Like, like Jesus does this, this bait and switch. Like, like everybody's thinking, I, I thought that we were going to just talk about what everybody else thinks and give our opinion about other people's opinion. But now Jesus knows that the only thing that really matters, the only thing that that has the potential to change the world isn't what people think, but it's what do you think? Who do you say that I am? And it's a hard question. And you know it's a hard question because 
When he asked what other people say he is, who he is, notice it says they answered. I can just imagine all the disciples contributed to that conversation. But when Jesus said, who do you say I am? There was only one disciple who had the guts to answer the question. Verse 16, it was Simon Peter. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now hear me. When everybody saw Jesus as a sign of the things to come, one man, Simon Peter, saw Jesus as the one who was already here. Let me say that again. As as everybody else in the world saw Jesus as a sign of things to come, Simon Peter saw Jesus as the one who was already here. Look at verse 17. Jesus replies, when Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, that's what I believe. Jesus replies, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are now Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And so what can we learn? What can we learn as we live in the midst of our own confusion from this story of this conversation between Jesus and the disciples and now Peter? A few things that I believe will continue to help us navigate a confusing world that we're living in right now. And the first one is this. Jesus is already here. Jesus is already here. And I've heard it said many, many times, people have asked the question, are these the end times, right? We're opening up our Bibles and turning to the last page and wondering if if what's happening in our world right now is what Revelation is talking about. And I'm not going to lie, my mind didn't go there immediately because Jesus said that that he's going to come back as a thief in the night. I I know that. But then I think it was like back in May when I was reading those stories about those, those murder hornets, I couldn't help but wonder. I thought, what's going on? But you got to ask yourself, why are so many people asking that question? Here's why. It's because we're afraid of the future and what it's going to bring. And ultimately, we want someone, something to save us, right? And so you look, John the Baptist, you look at Elijah, you look at Jeremiah, right? These were prophets. These were all ones who were calling people back to the God who saves. But in Jesus, what we know is what Peter knew, and that's that God is already here that he's standing with the disciples, which is why Jesus continues in verse 19. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And notice here what Jesus doesn't say. Sometimes that's just as important as what he does say. Notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, when I come back, every then this will happen. Then those things will happen. He doesn't say, when you get to heaven. He doesn't say, during the end times. He says, I am with you right now. I am with you right now. So whatever you do right now will be literally tied with a string to heaven itself. And I share this because so many people right now are putting our hope into when this is all over. We're putting our hope into when this is all over. And some of us talk about it like we want to go back to normal. Others of us are like, fine, we get it. It's not going to be normal, but I want to go to back. I want to go to the new normal. And hear me, friends. 
I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching at myself because there are moments throughout every single day that I feel the same way, that I feel exactly the same way. But if I'm not careful, those moments end up drawing me to a place where I forget that Jesus is in this moment right now too. That Jesus is living in this moment right now too. And if I forget that, then what ends up happening is I start looking for hope in the things that other people think, and then I get more confused. And so I have to be reminded that, that I don't have to wait for hope in Jesus until a vaccine is approved by the FDA. I don't have to look for his healing and protective power uh, for something like that to happen. I don't need to wait until whatever candidate I choose wins an election in November to have hope for our country and our people. I don't have to worry I don't have to believe that, that Jesus isn't with my kids if they decide to, to go back to school in person or if they stay home because I know what Peter knows and that is that Jesus is already here. He's already here. And if he's already here, that means we have the keys to the kingdom. And if you have the keys to the kingdom, Jesus says the gates of hell will not overcome. And that leads us to the second thing we learn from this story is, is we continue to navigate the confusing times is that if Jesus is already here, number two, you don't have to believe what everybody else does. You don't have to believe what everybody else does. You don't have to be influenced by the voices in this world that are increasingly confident in their own confusion. You don't have to follow the popular choice. You don't have to vote for who everybody else is voting for. You don't have to be somebody that you're not. It's about a week or two ago, I was, I was listening to a, a podcast by a really good pastor. Her name is, is Joe Saxton, and she was, she was talking about her own experience. Um, I won't get into all the details, but it was really moving. It was... Uh, she, she grew up, she was, she's a Nigerian woman who grew up in, in London in the 1970s. And she just explained how growing up during that time and in that place really kind of conditioned her, the people around her, what they believed, uh, that she should fit in this particular box. And this box was defined by things like the color of her skin or her gender or, or what the people around her believed. And it led her to a moment of crisis when she, she lived for that identity that other people had given her for all these years, and, and that led her to a question, and it was this, this, this moment of life change in her life where she began to ask, who was I before anybody told me who I was supposed to be? Who was I before anybody told me who I was supposed to be? And if I remember right, she, she ends up then going and referencing Genesis and, and, and referencing how that's what the serpent did, right? God told Adam and Eve who they were. They had everything in that moment, and then the serpent told them who they were supposed to be, which was not who God made them to be. And so she started to ask, who was I before anybody else told me who I was supposed to be? And in that moment, she began to see hope. Because she began to be able to strip away what the world said to her and instead say yes, and this is her words, yes to how God made me. She began to say yes to how God made me. And I stopped. I was actually mowing the lawn while I was listening to that podcast, and I had tears in my eyes, and I wrote that down. Because what I'm afraid right now of as a pastor and as a father and as a Christian 
is that we are becoming a people. We are becoming a people who say that we're following Jesus, but we're not following his voice. We're not following his voice. We're following everybody else's voices, and they're just so loud. We don't ever get past the question of who do other people say I am because we're just so indoctrinated by other voices and other views that we don't even know what to believe anymore. Friends, you don't have to be somebody you're not. You don't have to be somebody you're not. Be the person God made you to be. Believe what God has made you to believe, even if you feel completely alone like Peter. you got to wonder, the rest of the disciples, they might have been thinking about that answer, but they looked at Peter because they didn't have the guts to say what Peter said, and he was standing alone in his answer. And you might feel alone as you stand in who God made you to be as well in a world that is so confidently confused. But here's the thing about Peter. When you stand alone with Jesus, you're never alone. You're never, ever alone. He is with you. He is informing your thoughts and your ways. And if that's true, what more do you need? We see that this is the gift of faith, and it, We can see glimpses of this in many other places in Scripture. Look at like the Old Testament Joshua. He's the one that led Moses or led uh, Israel after Moses. And he faced a very similar world to the one we live in, where there were so many competing voices and competing directions to follow. And and here's what he said in Joshua 24. He He said, if you refuse to serve the Lord, understand that you have to choose today then who you are going to serve. If it isn't God, it's going to be somebody else. And so who would you prefer? Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors, you know, the ones that served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You can follow whoever you want. You can believe in whoever you want. God has given all of us the freedom to do that. But Joshua says, as for me and my family... We're going to follow God. Friends, that's what's going to get us through this season of confusion. That's what's going to get your family through this season of confusion. That's what Peter did that day. And if you step out like Peter, if you step out like Joshua, and you take hold of what you believe about Jesus, not what other people say, then your thoughts will become his thoughts. And your way of living will become his way. And your future will become what he says about your future. And if you do that, I'm not saying that the confusion around you will not go away. It's not magic. But in the midst of the storm, your life will be rooted in the rock. Now, why do you think that Jesus called Peter the rock? Why do you think he he chose a rock off of which to build his church? Because he knew that until that day that he does return, the storms will still come. And just a few verses after this, and we'll learn this next week, Peter was wrong about something. He wasn't perfect after this moment. The confusion will continue. The people will continue to believe different things. But because they know the one who never changes, because they're rooted in the rock, they can have faith in the midst of the confusion. They have the gift of perseverance because God is their rock, because Jesus is with them. And the author of Hebrews reminds the believers who have been through times like this before, and I've said this many times, 
I, I, I can't imagine that any of you who are listening right now have not been through similar times, who have not experienced times of confusion, waiting for that test result to come back, right? Or, or, or economic turns, or, or losing a job, or going through a divorce, or, or losing a loved one. Or, I mean, there's just, just a whole myriad of things that we go through that leave us feeling confused and out of touch. And so the author of Hebrews says that, that if you've been there before and you've walked with Jesus, you know that he will be with you. And if you know that he will be with you, then Hebrews 10.35 says, Do not throw away this confidence, but trust in the Lord. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward that it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do the Lord's work. Then you will receive all he has promised. Would you please join me as we... Lord Jesus, it is a very confused world that we're living in right now. And I'm just going to venture a guess that for every single one of us, starting with me, as we open our eyes and as we look to those voices that are all around us, that are so confidently confused, it leaves us feeling worse off than when we began to search for answers. And so, Jesus, we thank you for the questions that you posed to the disciples, and we thank you for the way in which you posed those same questions to us. What do people believe? Who do people say that I am? We know the answer to that question, but we also know that it doesn't change anything. The real question we need to answer that brings hope and truth and peace is who do you say I am? And so, Lord, would you help me and would you help each and every one of us who prays together right now to follow in the footsteps of Peter? We've already followed in his footsteps in our moments of doubt and shame and sin. Lord, may we also follow in his footsteps of faith, that his faith may be the rock on which our church stands, that we focus on you, and that if even we don't know and understand anything about the world around us, we can be further and further confident in our perseverance as we focus on a faith that tells us that if everything around us is confusing and falling apart, you are just as much the same and trustworthy as you ever have been and as you ever will be. Because whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so I pray, God, that in this moment of trial and confusion, that we may taste your peace, that we may find your deeper truth, knowing that we continue to do God's will with the focus that we will receive everything that you have promised in your time. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen.